0: On today's episode, I'm gonna give you a growth checklist for 2020. You don't wanna miss this, do stay tuned.
1: Retail and e-commerce have witnessed an unprecedented transformation in the last decade. The widespread adoption of mobile technology, social media, as well as the lowered cost of cloud-based technology have not only eroded the barriers to entry in retail, but it's also led to the rapid rise and dominance of digital native product brands that sell directly to their customers. On this podcast, you'll get the scoop on customer acquisition and retention strategies employed by high growth digital native product brands. Not being afraid to spend because you know that customer is going to pay it back uh, three or four fold. That's when you start to unlock channels in the way that they were meant to be. And Listen to interviews with experts at the forefront of technology and, and innovation in digital retail. Three years ago, they wouldn't have come to us because yeah, you know, the macro trend of cloud, Wi-Fi, broadband availability. that was a real that was a real problem. Hear first hand stories from founders of innovative direct to consumer brands. Although I was thinking about the competition, I was more thinking about like I want to just build a freaking successful business. We focus on driving as much traffic as possible converting that traffic uh, and then dumping money back into driving more traffic these insights will help you consistently 2x growth in specific areas of your direct-to-consumer brand this is the 2x e-commerce podcast hosted by kumlai campbell What do sophisticated
0: direct-to-consumer brands like Colourpop, Hawkberry, and Custom Inc. all have in common? Well, they rely on Klaviyo, the growth marketing platform that powers over 25,000 online businesses. Klaviyo is supported by a dedicated team of experts, and it is a platform that processes and consumes more data than any other in the market. Klaviyo helps you own customer experience and grow high-value customer relationships. Right from shoppers' first impressions to each subsequent purchase, Klaviyo will understand every single customer interaction and empowers brands to create more personalized marketing moments. When you have a 360 view on customers, the growth possibilities are endless. Visit com forward slash 2x to get Klaviyo's holiday planning guide. Remember, that is com forward slash 2x. Hello, hello, hello. It's Kune from the 2x e-commerce podcast show and welcome to the second episode of season five. On today's episode, I want to talk about growth checklist for 2020. What do I mean by growth checklist? I have a list of about nine things you should be doing to trigger growth in your online retail stores in 2020. You will be listening to this. Well, this episode will be published in January of 2020 and should give you a kickstart to knowing what to do to stimulate growth. And most of this is based on first-hand experience with working with eight-figure businesses, that is 10 million plus e-commerce businesses. I work with a few 10 million plus e-commerce businesses, and I would give you either some of the things or actions they took to move from seven to 10 figures, or some of their shall I say, habits, the habits they inculcate towards maintaining or growing further as eight figure businesses. So 10 million plus, you know, um, e-commerce businesses or direct to consumer brands, as I prefer to refer to them. So, Essentially, this checklist will help. You may already be applying some of these principles, some of these, taking some of these actions already, but I will guarantee you that um, not everything on this list, um, you will not be doing everything on this list. So there would be value if you listen in. Hope that helps. So I'm going to start out with the first tip, which is what I call the growth triad. The triad is, um, it's a it's golden three um, things you, metrics you should be looking at to diagnose almost any issue on your site. And that's average order value, conversion rate, and traffic. Now, if you look at these at for face value, you might not necessarily get what I'm referring to. You might not get the most value out of the combination of these because one layer you need to sort of implement and start to collect data around is traffic, traffic type. So let's, let me talk about AOV for instance. Um, your, your average order value, um, should really be segmented, um, from a standpoint of what's my average value of existing customers. That's customers who've purchased at least once. And what's my average order value of first time customers, you really want to look at these metrics, especially when you have bad days, um, and when you have good days. Also, you need to diagnose and say, okay, um, did I get this? So say, you you always hit two hundred orders a day um, on on, norm, on on average, but you realize that um, you know um, sales dipped in a particular day. You want to see if you still hit those two hundred orders a day, and if you did. If your AOV is lower than normal, then you know it's an AOV issue. And then if you if you could dig down, dig deeper into AOV of returning customers versus AOV of um, existing customers, then you would actually get a, a lot more context as to what happened, why things happened that specific day or that specific cohort you, you were looking at, which will be tremendously helpful for you to make tweaks, necessary tweaks in your business. That's one. Conversion rates, um, obviously, look at conversion rates um, from two different lenses, or actually three, I'd say. One will be conversion rates on, on devices, super important. Um, look at conversion rates, especially on mobiles, um, and see if there's been progress or whether there's a decline or whether there's been stagnation. So you you need to benchmark and understand what the average looks like. So when, um, you know, you're trying to diagnose issues again, you, you see if there's anything that's been wrong in the mobile user experience, um, do the same with desktop. Um, looking at a conversion rate, the top level conversion rate is not that helpful. It's good to, to get general context, but looking at conversion rates specifically from a device would really give you context and um the second way is looking at conversion rates at specific parts of your funnel. So what are my conversion rates for add to cart? Um, so I think Big Commerce and Shopify give you this data. And if you use the right reporting plugins with um, extensions with Magento, you can get this kind of data. You need to know the percentage of people on average who, you know, um, add to cart, who initiate checkouts and who potentially... Um, who potentially purchase you will find it's more of a funnel where the more people who add to carts, fewer people who initiate checkout and even fewer people who purchase and if you're having conversion issues generally you'd find that your add to carts might have reduced in general um, and that might be the issue so your your big questions with your team essentially is why are not why why are people not adding you know items to carts like they normally used to if you're trying to diagnose. The conversion rate issue. Just ways to look at your metrics. The third way to look at your um, conversion rate metrics would be returning versus, um, you know, first-time buyers. You'd you need to benchmark, you know, you know how many people impulsively purchase the first time they get to our site versus, you know, um, what is the conversion rate for people who are returning to our website. Now, if fewer people are returning to your website, say your repeat purchases gets less, it might detrimentally affect, you know, um, sales and conversions in general. So you need to look at those metrics and, you know, put, get a good picture together. I would recommend using um, tools, third-party tools such as glue.io, that's G-L-E-W.io and um also supermetrics to to extrapolate some of these um um this data the drawback with supermetrics at the moment is it does not integrate with cloud based um, with any cloud based e-commerce platforms um so its sources are pretty much um paid search platforms such as adwords and facebook as well as your analytics which kind of restricts um you know a lot of information if you're trying to dig really, really deeper. If you have um, the ability to hire a data science to extrapolate all of this data for you from your cloud-based, um, you know, e-commerce platform, then that'll be the best thing you should do. I'm going to talk about cloud, cloud-based, you know, um, platforms and why everybody should be on cloud-based platforms, you know, in a subsequent um, episode. So that's point number one, those metrics, those, that's your golden triad. Um, metrics you should be looking at. Um, another thing you should be looking at is push notifications. And um, push notifications, I would put a full episode on, on push notifications in, on another, you know, uh, another day um, because it's super powerful. But key things you should know about push notifications is um, segmentation. So when you're selecting a platform for push notifications, ensure that it segments quite nicely, um, because you could use push notifications for retargeting. You could use push notifications, um, to first time buyers. You could use push not- notifications for people who's, who've visited specific pages on your website. So you could, the ability to create segments is super powerful and make sure it deeply integrates with your e-commerce platform. So you have, you know, um, a near infinite <clears throat> number of, um, of segmentation um, options, kind of like what you get with Klaviyo in regards to segmentation options. Um, so look for a solid platform. Um, someone's recommended a tool. I think it's called um, OneSignal. I used to use Push Crew. I think they've been bought now by VW. But just make sure that um, they're very tight with segmentation because you could retarget, and it's another channel for you to reach out. Now some push, many push notification systems. Unfortunately um, do not work with um, with iOS um, in the sense that browsers in iOS it's rather unfortunate and you find that if you're trying to reach out to mobile um, if you do not have a mobile app and you're trying to reach out to um, to, to browsers and mobiles, um, it would typically only work on Android. It's just a caveat you know something to to um, to, to be to be aware of. Um, another point I wanted to make is SMS. Um, SMS was the thing of 2019, to be honest. Um, it, 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 it There's massive adoption, massive abuse, massive results with SMS, and it's only going to go bigger. Um, expect to see some... Um, there's, there's going to be some um, some, some more policy, uh, more regulation in with SMS, um, obviously because of the abuse, the rampant abuse, but get clever with SMS. Um, use, use segmentation the same way you approach automated email. Use that approach in SMS. Um, the opportunity to reach out to every single one of your customers by their phone with a notification on SMS is very powerful, that should not be abused so if you ever do broadcast mass broadcast it should be very very rarely very occasionally um be very specific you you know go down the personalization route via segment what do i mean by that um if someone's visited visited a particular you know section on your site and you deem it necessary to send them a specific message that would bring them, that will benefit them uh, as well as yourself, obviously, as well as your store, you know, um, then send them a specific message, you know, or if they're taking specific actions rather. Now, those actions obviously should be closer to transaction. So if like they've added to cart and done nothing, if they've reached checkout and done nothing, then you could do a recovery, shopping cart recovery, Um, you know, um, you could do incentives, you could, um, you, you could, you, you wouldn't want to put your welcome series on there. It just doesn't make any sense. It has to be short and snappy messages that, um, you know, bring them on or attract them back to the website and do not abuse SMS, please. Let's take this quick break to hear from our sponsors. Let's take a quick break to talk about screwing up. Remember to head over to Rewind.io and don't forget to mention the 2X e-commerce podcast for a full month trial. Fourth point. um, So first point was the growth triad. Second point was um, push notifications. Third point was SMS. The fourth point I want to talk about is unifying your messaging strategy. Um, Super important to unify your messaging strategy, really. And what do I mean by that? Um, Don't just send the same every treat every channel differently and, and try and create a, a connected narrative across channels. Let me give you an example We're running a flash sale say on a Friday a Friday Friday flash sale and you want to make an announcement that um, there's a flash sale for Friday so you send an email Wednesday. Um, you could send a a messenger broadcast, um, on, on, on Thursday before, um, and then at midnight, um, obviously on the Friday, you could send another email saying, you know, the sale has just started and then maybe by 10 AM in the morning or 12, the next 12 noon, the, um, the, 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 on the sales day, you could, you know, send an SMS and say, Hey, you know, um did you get our email? Um, our, our, um, our, sale our flash sale is currently running and, you know, use this code right now. Um, you could push out a you could send a push notification, you know, afterwards, like two hours after and, um, you know, send it to a specific segment. Um, and then you could, you you, you could then send email again. Um, but the messages should be congruent, you know, it should be like, did you get our, did you get our email? you know, um, here's a final chance and it shouldn't really be, it should be native to the platform. So with SMS, you don't want to, you know, babble too much. You want to be very, very concise with what you're saying. It's almost like writing a Google ad, um, you know, a Google ad, um, created for Google ads. It's almost like creating a a Google search ad. So you want to do that, um, essentially, and make sure they're congruent, you know, make sure, you unify and you connect with the previous message and, you know, you create a flow, a connected flow. Number five is reduce the amount you're discounting. Um, I, I have personal experience with this where we were over discounting and, um, that had detrimental effects on the perception of the brand. You know, um, Perception wise of the brand, you you don't want, you know, people to view your brand as a discount brand per se. Um, Amazon is already in that um, space and they're not that massive discounters. You just get the best prices on Amazon. Amazon is not always saying, hey, um, you know, take this off, take that off, take, you know, we're taking this off. Unless if you're in a mass or fast market where you know that um, you're trying to stimulate repeat purchases every month. You know, if you're trying to stimulate like if you're in fast fashion, um, prices are cheap, you know, and um there is that need to always emphasize that, you know, customer, you're getting, you know, um this off, this much off, you're getting a deal here. If you want to emphasize that in a cutthroat market, yes. But for most e-commerce brands, most direct-to-consumer brands, you don't need to overshoot on discounting. Even your welcome series does not necessarily need to be a discount, you could on the front end, you know, give them a an, an opportunity to get a gift card, like a $100 gift card at the front. I saw that in, um, in ninja.com. They came on our website. It's L I N J E R. I interviewed them a few years ago. And if you go to their website, ninja.com, they, they sell leather goods, watches, and yeah, and handbag, leather goods and watches, basically. And if you go to their website now, what you will find is, um, they're not given as a first time Visitor, they, they're giving you the opportunity to enter your email, um, select your agenda for an opportunity to win monthly $100 pound, worth of, you know, uh, gift cards you can use on their site. And that works tremendously well. So you don't necessarily need to put your first foot forward with a discount, you know, think about other creative ways to engage with both first-time buyers and repeat customers on your site. Now, um, no, point number six, a drive, a lot of focus on brand. What do I mean by that? Um, frame and tell your brand story. Um, what do I mean by that? You're, you, sh- you should always have a top of funnel ad on your YouTube channel, on YouTube, or YouTube ads and Facebook ads that explains exactly how you deliver value and your why, why you're in, in business and how you deliver you know, value. Why are we in business? How did we start, and how are we serving the market? Make that sixty seconds, and push that as much as you can. Right. So frame and tell your brand story. Um, use influencers to tell frame and tell your brand story. But essentially, use paid and earned media to really push out that brand story um so on your email long form email do that um, your your website make sure it's it's nice there when you're in your story or your brand or your about us have a video on there that really drives your brand story the second point i want to make is live a visual and audio visual footprint what do i mean by that the web now is what television was in the eighties and nineties. If you haven't realized that too, you know, too, too bad. I rarely turn on my television, but iTunes, but my Apple iPhone, when it gives me, um, the number of screen time I've had says, um, you know, I'm spending a lot of time on my mobile and on mobiles, basically the best, quickest, sharpest way to, you know, um, reach out to people is a video, which, which is what I mean by the audio visuals and audio. So try to start to embed a lot of video into your content creation strategies, the highest form of content. That's why with this podcast, um, I decided in season five, we're pushing it. We're going to, we're going to just focus a lot on YouTube. We're going to, you know, put a lot of content on YouTube or, Our podcast episodes would be on YouTube. You know, you're going to see more of my face on YouTube as well as normal podcasts. So if you're listening to this in a podcast, fine. If you want to see me as I talk, this would be on our podcast, on our, on our, um, on, on, on our YouTube channel. It's just, you have to go forward with video. It, It makes a ton of sense. And, um, there's some brands that are doing this terrifically well. Um, you know, um, they're building out their content team, you know, has, um, someone who's great behind the camera has someone who, um, is a video editor, you know, you, they're not going to Upwork or, you know, any third party freelancers to get this kind of stuff done. They have these resources in-house uh, and I'd rather hire, you know, that those creatives and say the technical SEO person right now, because that's the way it is, because we now have the power to tell our stories you know, out there, we have the power to show, you know, um, stuff out there and social media platforms reward, um, video more than any other, you know, still images, videos. So be visual and, um, and also, um, have videos, you know, also invest in good photography. I can't emphasize that enough. They're brilliant for ads. They capture the imagination of people as in uh, a picture that, that just great pictures are so important. Um, other ways to um, drive focus on your brand is not join your community. Um, there's an example I have. It's called Mixed Tiles, M-I-X-T-I-L-E-S. They sell photo frames. Um, their, their Facebook funnel, Facebook advertising strategy is out of this world. They just kill it. And when you purchase eventually, which I purchased over Christmas, they tell you to join their Facebook group and their Facebook group has... Very eager and keen customers, previous customers and existing customers who are sharing how they use, how they place their, their mixed tiles, their, their, their frames basically on, on their walls. It's so fascinating that, you know, when you start to build a community, people start to, feel connected, you know, that, oh, I'm not only in this together. And that would stimulate repeat purchases. That would stimulate even first time purchases. Open your Facebook group not only to potential customers, but not not only to existing customers, but potential customers. And when they see other people happy, then they'll be happy. And you know, this is all on the assumption that that you're delivering the best customer experience you possibly can. Um and, and that way, you know, people are rather than complaining, they come into the community to for one common good which is to celebrate your service to them it is so powerful facebook advertising um facebook um groups right now so create a, a, a community if that's not your thing and um, you think you know um, your customers would benefit by face to face you know start to create events you know um based up on based off on um you know um, locations where most of your customers are you know or, or you know try and Pinpoint somewhere where you think they would be able to travel quite, quite um, easily, and you know, do some in-person events, experiential events. Um, the other thing I want to talk about in regards to brand is emotions. <clears throat> um, we feel first before we think, and we always justify our feelings with uh, with 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 a prefrontal. <clears throat> Pre, prefrontal cortex, you know? So the big part of our brain, the frontal part of our brain, the big white stuff does all the thinking and our, our amaglia, amaglia, sorry, which is the tiny part is the feeling, is the feeling part. So most of the time, if like, <clears throat> I want to buy a 5,000 leather jacket, you know, I feel that, you know, um it's going to be, I'm going to look really nice in it. And then I start to justify it in my head and say, okay, I can afford 5,000. I'll just, you know, um, that money I saved there. I'll just, you know, try and do it because my friends are going to think that it's going to look good and all that. Not like I'm ever going to buy a $5,000 jacket. don't make any sense. But you get the picture. We feel first before we think. We feel and then we justify whatever decisions, whatever feeling we have with with logic. So um, in your creative's, Emphasize feelings, right? Emphasize feelings that either take people to a form of positivity, you know, positive feelings, or take people to a point of negative feelings and your brand, your product actually takes them out of the negative feelings. The destination all the time would be positive. It could be straight positive, or it could be a story where um, it's a negative emotion that has been converted to a positive one because your product has been there, has been the hero of that story, if that makes sense. Um, influencers tap into influencers i can't emphasize them enough. if i'm not going to talk about that too much but if you're not doing influencers work with influencers people like their demigods you know people like to congregate around a specific person around a messiah if you haven't seen a netflix um the netflix uh, um the netflix series called messiah geez, that, that, that is, uh, that's brilliant. That's genius. It, it is genius. And it teaches you a lot of psychology, you know, around how, you know, people were very emotional beings, you know, and, um, we were mystic beings also. also. So I'm not going to talk too much about it, but people want a Messiah figure and check out Netflix Messiah, by the way. <laughs> right. Um, Number seven is sell internationally. Um, So in in Q1, January, February, March of 2020, we'll be doing a lot of episodes in this podcast around international cross-border commerce. Um, It's one way to expand. You look at um, the UK's Gymshark, how they have freaking killed. They're selling to over 118 countries um, through about, I think, six or seven websites. There are many stages to going international you know, stage one of going international would be multi-currency options, which works still well where, you know, based on an IP address, currency, you know, converts, you know, basically that's that. Um, Step two might be creating a subdomain, you know, subdomains for specific geos and driving traffic for those, you know, subdomains. Step three might be, um, which might also be part of step two, might be actually having fulfillment centers, at specific strategic locations so one in Europe one in North America or a few in North America one in the Middle East and one in Southeast Asia for instance one in Dubai uh, one in Hong Kong um one or three in the United States this is when you're doing you know 20 20 30 million in, in revenue and and another in Europe, maybe one in England and, you know, you're well covered, you know, that, that in itself is a logistical challenge, but if everything is nailed down, um, you know, you're a worldwide company, but step one it's super easy to implement um, and um, once you manage your expectations of shipping to you know people outside of um, your your lo- your locale um, you know you can essentially double your business in 2020 by selling to to more people by spreading your net a bit wider if your product permits um so if you're not selling furniture for instance um if you're selling lightweight stuff you know which normally is apparel um why aren't you, why aren't you selling internationally? Number eight is know your customers even more, carry out surveys. You should be carrying out surveys every six months, really. And you could actually um you could actually run what I call micro surveys every three months to specific segments of your of your um of your customers so that you serve them better. So one easy one could be your VIP customers. How can we serve you better? Um, you know, what have we done wrong in the past three year? you know, three, three months, or, uh, you know, how, you know, just give them a, a, a net promoter score also will help quite, quite well. Um, you know, and that could get you even more, you know, um, more, more customers, more VIP customers, by getting insights of what your, 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 the preferences of your VIP customers are, um. I'll do, I'll put another podcast around that surveys. Now the final one is um, drive multi-channel selling. Um, so what I mean by that is go headless. Again, I'll explain what headless means and explore new channels. So headless, um, headless e-commerce really is a concept around um, cloud computing, cloud, cloud, cloud-hosted e-commerce platforms where you have your commerce engine and then you have. Independent or what we call, um, decoupled, right? There is a decoupled architecture in which, um, I could hire someone to do mobile apps, just the front end for mobile apps. I could hire someone to do the front end for, for mobile and desktop, you know, um, screens. I could, if I have a kiosk, I could hire another person to do, um, just, um, interface for a kiosk. And then we have the engine at the back, which could be like a, Big commerce or a Shopify engine at the back end, which doesn't really care where the transactions are coming, but it's processing those transactions, storing customer information, and um, then feeding it back to our ERP system. So, going headless is like super important. And um, so, that's the basis of multi channel selling. And then you then experimenting with various channels, you know, various channels, one of which could be, um, you know, Messenger. Um, One of it, one of which could be messenger, you know, as a channel, Um, very, very, you know, um, important. And yeah, that's, that's it really. That's it. That's it. So those are the nine points I, you know, I wanted to make, I'll put a summary of this in the show notes and um, yeah, it's, it is, um, it's great to, to, um, to to kick off 2020. And um, if you have any questions, don't forget to join our um, Facebook group. Don't forget to join our Facebook group. Our Facebook group um, is the e-commerce growth accelerator. It's, it's on Facebook. Um, obviously it's a Facebook group on Facebook, but um, you get the opportunity to actually um, connect with other listeners, um, other store owners, other e-commerce experts. Um, it's not a place for like drop shippers. It's, it's, it's really a place um, where it's a small community. Um, we're not even up to a thousand yet. Um, it, and that's because I, I disapprove a lot of applications through because I, I really want to keep the quality high in that Facebook group. Anyway, so until the next show, I hope you enjoy this show. Um,
1: we will catch you then. Thanks for listening to this episode of 2x e-commerce.